the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. When it comes to learning the language of heaven, you and I have to really address this one particular core issue of our life. It has to do with the language, the words that we speak to ourselves. And if you and I are going to change our words in such a way that we change our life, here's the key principle for us today. You and I have to change our self-talk. You have to change the way you and I talk to ourselves. See, throughout every day of your life, you are carrying on a conversation with someone even when no one else is around. You're carrying on a conversation with yourself. Have you ever caught yourself talking to you? The Bible refers to this in a number of different places. I want to draw your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, and let's see what the Apostle Paul says about this idea of inner thoughts and the conversations that flow from them. For although we live in the natural realm, we live in this world, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons. As we don't fight in this world as believers in a natural way, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are engaged with divine power to effectively dismantle the, the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy, notice that word, that opposes God and and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God, we capture, here's the part I want you to note here, we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Here the apostle Paul says that we have thoughts going on obviously in our minds and oftentimes these thoughts can create tremendous problems for us. And in fact, the devil, the one who is our adversary, and indeed he is a real foe, and there's a real spiritual battle, the battleground that exists spiritually in our lives, often relates to your mind, what goes on between your ears, what happens in your thinking, that the adversary would like to convince you of things that are contrary to God. He would like to convince you to think certain ways that are opposite of the way God would have you to think. To have certain thoughts in your mind that, are, that would deceive or in some way twist who God is and who you are in relationship with God and how you are to relate to other people and the world around you. So there's, a, there's an active attack going on in our minds. I love the way the King James Version renders verse number five. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we have two words I want to note here, imaginations and thoughts. The the root word for the word imagination is the word image. We know that word well. If you have the wrong image of God, will you have the right relationship with God? No, you can't have the wrong image of God and have the right relationship with God. A lot of folks have the wrong image of who God is. And so because of that, it affects their relationship with Him. 
Can you have the wrong image of yourself? We call it self-image. Can you have the wrong image of yourself and then really live the right kind of productive life that God calls you to live? No, you can't live if the image that you're carrying in your head of God or the image you're carrying in your head of yourself or the image you carry in your head of other people or of the world around you, if you're carrying the wrong image, you can't live the right way. And so we have to cast down the wrong kind of imaginations, the wrong kind of images of God and ourselves and other people. And every high thing that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And we, we need to bring them into captivity. That is, take them captive. Make every thought captive to the point of obeying Christ. That is, you and I need to take charge of our thinking. Who's in charge of your brain? Who's in charge of your thinking? Somebody needs to be in charge of your thinking. And you need to be that person who is taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you seven simple confessions or affirmations that everybody here can do. Seven things. Number one, what the Bible says about you, the Bible says that you are blessed. Say it together with me. I am blessed. You need to begin to proclaim in your life, I am blessed. Why? Because often you don't feel very blessed, do you? When problems are coming your way, sometimes you can feel more cursed than blessed. But the reality is that the Bible says that you're not cursed, you are blessed. No matter what you're going through in life, you're already blessed by God. Take a look with me, if you will, at this passage of Scripture. It doesn't suffice for me to simply give you these phrases. They need to be backed up by the Bible because my word doesn't make any difference. God's word makes the difference. Ephesians 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Now, if you are united with Christ, you've made a decision to give your life to Jesus, you're in relationship with him, this verse of scripture applies to you. And the Bible says that if you're united with Christ, Christ Jesus has already blessed us. He has blessed us. For those of you who study the English language, you'll recognize that this is in the past tense has blessed. It represents something that happens at a time past that is affecting you in the present and that will affect you in the future. You're not, listen, you're not waiting to be blessed. You are already blessed. You're not waiting for blessing to come your way. You live in the context of being blessed by God. You don't have to wait for your blessing to come in. Your blessing has already come in. You are standing in the blessing of God. You are blessed by God. That changes the way you think about yourself. Here's your second thing to understand. I am chosen. I'm chosen by God. Now, the word chosen is a very powerful word. It's a word that really illustrates the fact that you have now been brought into the family. You've been made a part. This is in the scripture as well. I am chosen. Notice this. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Notice verse number 11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. You are chosen by God. The third one is I am loved. You know, you can be chosen, but not be loved. God has special kids. And guess what? You're one of them. Because God has the ability to do something that we don't have the capacity to do. He has the ability to make everybody special. There's not just a few special, but everybody's special with God. And you're special to God. You're loved by God. 
Take a look with me, if you will, at this, this verse of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 1. Actually, two verses, verses 4 and 5. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us in his own, into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Let's go to the next one, all right? I am being restored. Listen to this passage that you know all so well. Psalm 23, New King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Notice just a point of reference here. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want you to notice that the restoration of your soul precedes walking in paths of righteousness. Because you can't walk in paths of righteousness until your soul is being restored. As God restores your soul, something happens in you so that now you can begin to live the life God wants you to live in right relationship with Him. So you live a life that is, I'll give you three words here, that is holy, whole, and wholesome. That's what you want to live, the kind of life you want to live. Holy, that is, God is making you clean in your soul. Whole, God is making you whole in your soul. He's putting the broken pieces back together. And out of that, you have a wholesome life, that you're now living a life that brings wholesomeness or wholeness to people around you. And the next one is, I am redeemed. This word redeemed is an important word. It means to buy back. I'll explain it to you this way. Back in the day of Jesus' time, when he, was, when he used that word redemption, when the Old Testament used, used the word redemption, it usually referred to someone that was in slavery. And so because they were in slavery, they had to be bought out of slavery and set free. Redemption was, if you're in slavery, I come and buy you out of slavery, and then I set you free. I don't bring you into slavery to me because I bought you out. I buy you out of slavery, and then I liberate you, okay? I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. How can we sing that song? We sing it declaring something that Jesus did. He purchased us by his blood out of the grip of fear. And now we say, I no longer am living. Jesus bought me with his blood. I'm not a slave to fear any longer. Why? Because I'm redeemed. I am a child of God. Okay? Look at what the scripture says about this. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. He is so rich in kindness and grace. My goodness, I think we ought to stop there and just praise God for that part. Don't you think so? He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our what? He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Aren't you grateful that you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus? All right, let's go to the next one. Set with me, I am strong. The Bible tells us that through the grace and power of God, you are strong. Now, here's what a lot of people get confused when they say, I'm strong. Well, I don't feel very strong, Pastor. Why can't I say I'm strong? I'm going to show you how strong 
God's grace and power is in. You're not strong in you, but you're strong in him. I'll tell you, I believe in the invisible, mighty hand of Almighty God working in people's lives. It gets you through. So you're still standing. So what I want you to know is you're, you are strong, not because of you. You're strong because you're, you're in Christ. Christ is in you, and you're in Christ. Take a look at what this passage says. Paul, the apostle, understood this as he was going through a very difficult period in his own life. And so he's asking God to take a problem away from him. God responds. God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul responds then and says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. Read the last sentence with me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. Look, look at this verse with me. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation. That could also be rendered no trial. Same Greek word, trial. Same Greek word, testing. No temptation, trial, testing has over, overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Everybody experiences it. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted tested beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, tested, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Dear one, I want you to know today that in Christ, you are strong. Say it together with me. I am strong. Let's look back over these again. I am blessed. I am chosen. I am loved. I am being restored. I am redeemed. I am strong and I am able. I'm able. I know some of you are really worrying right now because you see four more points of the message. You're wondering how long we're going to be here, okay? Just chill out. It's going to be okay, okay? <laughs> Just don't worry about it. I promise I'll get you out before five or six o'clock tonight. I promise, okay? <laughs> now, we're going to go through this very fast. I can already feel it in the room like, is he ever going to get to these other points? <laughs> yes, I am. We're going to get there. Don't worry. You'll be amazed, okay? I'm able. What does it mean I'm able? Thank you. Thank you, my dear brother. Okay. Did you hear what he said? He said, take your time. Okay, that's awesome. Okay. See? My new best friend right there. Okay. I'm able. What does this mean? I'm able. It means that you're able. Listen, you're able to be everything God calls you to be. You're able to do everything God calls you to do. I am able. I'm able to do everything God, I'm able to be everything God wants me to be, and I'm able to do everything God wants me to do. Now, there's a very important distinction here. A lot of people say, oh, you can just be anything you want to be. No, you can't. You can't be anything you want to be. I could never be an engineer. I don't have the math skills for it. My skill set is more in the social sciences, and I get all that and I understand that, but don't ask me to be an engineer, okay? I'm still working on, you know, trying to figure out what is, how a slide ruler works. I don't have a clue, okay? No, one of those, I, just, I can't figure that stuff out, okay? So it's not my gift set, okay? If you can't sing, don't join the choir, okay? <laughs> I don't care how many days you wake up and say... In Jesus' name, I can sing. In Jesus' name, I can sing. In Jesus' name. You can blab that till the rest of you dead, okay? And, I, and the reality is, you might get a little better, but you're not going to be good, okay? 
If you can't sing, you can't. So, so just do it in the shower, okay? And just do it where you enjoy it. Come to church. You can sing as loud as you want to out there, okay? That's awesome, okay? We're just not going to hand you a microphone, okay? We're just not going to do that, okay? So the reality, so there's certain things you can't do, okay? It doesn't mean that you're able to do everything. But listen again what I told you. The, word, the phrase, I am able, means this. I am able to be everything God wants me to be. And I'm able to do everything God wants me to do, okay? I don't have to be you, and you don't have to be me, okay? And I don't have to do what you do, and you don't have to do what I well, There's certain common things that we do together as believers, but there's a lane that God has for my life, and if I get in my lane and run in my lane, I can be everything God wants me to be, and I can do everything that God wants me to do. I am able. Yes. Say it with me. I am able. I am able to be everything God wants me to be. I'm able to do everything God wants me to do. Look at this passage of Scripture, Philippians chapter 4. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. One translation says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So we declare that we're able. One, one final time. Let's go over all these together. Because what are we doing with our minds? Renewing them, right? Are you with me? We're replacing all those X's, ugly places in our mind with truth, okay? What does the Scripture say about you? I am blessed. I am chosen. I am loved. I am being restored. I am redeemed. I am strong. I am able. That's what the Bible says about you. I also encourage you to get this book. Look at these other affirmations, but daily confess this. Now, get ready. Tighten your seatbelt because now here comes the next four points, okay? Next four points really, really fast. Write them down. The next thing that you want to write down, you've got to saturate your mind with Scripture. Let God's Word get into your mind. I'll quickly say this. not going to read these verses for you. You can read them on your own. But to saturate with Scripture means you just read the Bible. You say, I don't understand the Bible. Read it anyway, okay? Because you don't have to. I don't, will it help you if I tell you sometimes I don't understand what I'm reading? And I'm the pastor, okay? So sometimes I don't understand at all, but I keep on reading. Why? Because over time you get understanding. Over time you learn things you didn't learn before, but you keep on reading because we're washed by the water of your word. I will tell you that reading scripture is a, is a washing of your mind. It helps clean away all those cobwebs out of your system. All right, let's go to the next one. The next one is number three. Apply filters to your thoughts and your self-talk. Put some filters. Have you ever met a person that had no filters? You know that person, don't you, okay? Don't poke the person beside you, okay? <laughs> don't have any filters at all. They just blab, whatever's here is boop. There it is, okay? Like, can you get a filter sometime, okay? Well, think about your brain. You need a filter on your brain, okay? Not, listen, all throughout the week, stuff's coming your way. If you just let it, I mean, the news is telling you one thing, and movies are telling you one thing, and... And, and internet's telling you something, all this stuff coming in. If you don't have a filter, man, all that stuff's going to get in your head. And you don't need to give real estate in your mind to all that stuff, okay? So you need some filters. And the scripture says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, again, I'm not going to take time to read it, but you can read it on your own. It talks about the filters, what is true and good and right and lovely and worthy of virtue and praise. Let your mind dwell on these things. Put some filters in your mind. Don't, not everything you think is true. 
I need to say that again. Because some of you think just because you think it is true. No, not everything you think is true. And not everything you feel is true. Okay? Just because you think it doesn't make it true. You need to put a filter and say, is it really true? Okay? Because I found out a lot of things I thought were true were not true. A lot of things I felt were true were not true at all until I put a filter on it. It helped me to understand it. And then I wasn't building my life on lies instead of building my life on truth. Got it? Okay? I think we have one more. Is that right? Actually, two more. Be careful in your conversations. Touch this one very quickly. Careful in your conversations. Why? Because when you're in a conversation with someone, people are feeding you their thoughts. Right? And if you're in a conversation with a toxic person, what thoughts are they going to be sharing with you? Toxic thoughts, right? Okay? So if you're in a conversation with someone, you've got to be really, really careful with the kind of people you bring into the close circle of your life because they can take their thoughts and put them in your head. Okay? Oh, they're already floating around in this person's head, but if you hang around with them long enough, suddenly they kind of transfer by their conversations those thoughts into your head. You have to be very careful about that. The Bible warns us of that in in Psalm chapter 1, that we're not to associate with those who are mockers and those who are are sinners and those who are uh, contrary in their thinking, who take the advice of the wicked. The Bible says, make sure that you're putting some boundaries in your life based upon conversations so that you're not letting the, the toxicity of other people affect your life. And the last thing I'll give you here, see, I told you it was going to be fast, see? I told you, okay? Last thing I'll give you here is seek input and instruction from spiritually healthy, mature believers. You need some input in your life. I'm going to wrap this up with this final exhortation to you today. Change your words, change your life. You need input from healthy people. You need input from people that will help challenge you to think the right way. Okay? Would you all agree with that? So we're going to push the toxic conversations to the side. And we're going to open ourselves to the healthy conversations. Right? Now, I could could talk to you about a lot of different things related to this. But I'm going to talk to you about one aspect of this. Because I think this is so important. If you can get this one aspect of this last point, it will help you. One of the best ways that you can do this is by making the decision to be at church every weekend. I'm going to show you why. I'm not just trying to get people to be at church. I am, but not for the wrong reason, for the right reason. Because I know it's good for you. Because when you come to church, you've been going through a week fighting battles in the world, right? Okay, you got all this negative stuff. You're trying your best to stay on top of things, but there's all kind of negative things coming your way, and you're trying to keep your mind where it needs to be. And at least once, and you're trying to have your own devotional time with God. You need to be doing that, obviously. But you also need those moments where God can help reset you back to where you need to be again because your mind can get out of whack in, in just a few days, right? Okay. And so that's why the Bible calls us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. On a regular basis, we come together with God's people for worship because that cleans our hearts and minds out and to gather for the teaching of his word because that readjusts our thinking. Okay, it gets us back where we need to be. So what happened to you today, whether you realize it or not, your mind got reset today, right? It's like God stepped in and pushed the reset button on your brain, right? Now, I, would, I guarantee you, everybody's going to, if you were listening today, and I hope you were. If you were listening, you will leave today having something adjusted in your thinking, okay? Because you were here today. Something got adjusted in your mind because you were in this place listening to this message. And that's why my challenge to you is this. You need to make, I would highly encourage you, 
And in fact, the Bible commands you to do this. It's more than just me encouraging. The Bible commands you to do this, to not forsake assembling together. Make it a consistent habit of your life. You need to be in church every weekend when you're able to be in church, notwithstanding maybe vacation time or when you're sick. This is not a rule or regulation. It's for your good. It's for your benefit, right? As much as I would t- a doctor would tell you, you need to be exercising for your benefit. You need to do something physical. I'm telling you as a, as a spiritual coach today that you need this in your life because this is how you get reset on a regular basis. It's how you keep your mind where it needs to be. There's always that process. So let me encourage you. Make that decision. You'll be very, very glad that you did. Amen. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now. And it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words. Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.